Welcome to another Solid Rock Church podcast by Bishop Larry Ragland, Senior Pastor of Solid Rock Church. For more information and content, please visit solidrockchurch.com. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and you have a blessed day. Part three of our series called Greater. Somebody shout, Jesus is greater. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. We're doing a verse-by-verse study of the book of Hebrews. It's been a long time since I did a verse-by-verse study of any book in the Bible on a Sunday morning. I used to do them on Wednesday nights all the time. But there's so much meat in here. This may take us all the way through the rest of the year, or maybe at least past Elevate Conference, I'm sure. Which, by the way, that's going to be off the chain, y'all, this year. Elevate Conference is coming in October. We'll start talking about that next week. But Hebrews chapter 2, we're in chapter 2. Verse 1 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Wow. I'm telling you what, right now, I had somebody come up to me the other day and say, Pastor, I've read the book of Hebrews many times, but since you've started teaching this, it seems like there's a, there's a new revelation and anointing. I've been reading ahead of you in, Revel, in, in, uh, in Hebrews, and it is just incredible the amount of things that are in this amazing book. It, I'm telling you right now, if you just read the book of Hebrews, I'm, you need to read the whole Bible, but if you just read the book of Hebrews and let God speak to you through it, you would understand things about your calling, your purpose, God's intention for you, His plan of salvation. I'm talking about there is stuff in here that will blow your mind. But I'm going to tell you, I think there's not a more fitting scripture to read, especially after what has already been said today by the Spirit and what is happening in our world today. I want to read verse 1 again. Therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. How many knows we are seeing a drifting away? People are trying to replace the Word of God with the Word of man. And sometimes they're replacing the Word of God with the Word of their pastor. I'm telling you right now, The pastor should be preaching the word of God, not their own. Listen, if your pastor don't do nothing but tell stories, find you a new pastor. You need a pastor to go preach the word of God. Amen. Not not tell fishing stories. You tell a fishing story to help you teach the word of God, then fine. But I'm telling you right now, the days of telling cute uh, fishing stories and and, and things like that, that's it, are over. This, This world needs the gospel. Can I get an amen? This world needs the word of God. This world needs the truth. And he says, we're supposed to give our most earnest heed. With every fiber of our being, we need to latch on to the things which we have heard. Paul told Timothy, he said, hold fast to that which was spoken over you, that with it you might war a good warfare. I'm telling you right now, I can't tell you the times that I've had to fight the devil with a word. Can I get an amen? I'm telling you right now, there's been times I've stood face to face with demonic forces coming against me, coming against my family. And there was no evidence of how we were going to get out of this situation. But we made it. And not only did we make it, God blessed us and promoted us and gave us favor because we We spoke the word of God. We were not moved by what we saw. We were not moved by what we felt. Is anybody alive? We need to listen to scripture. Some of y'all are listening to 
to talking, but you ain't listening to preaching. You ain't listening to Scripture. You're listening to voices that are leading you and causing you to drift away. Hmm? It might help some of y'all just to turn the TV off. I don't even know if you could do what I'm about to say. Some of you just need to take a social media fast. You, some of y'all, it, it'd be harder for some of y'all to give up drugs than do that. Or easier to give up drugs than do that. I'm telling you right now, it, some of y'all are so addicted. Your, your affirmation, your, your, your personality, how you feel about yourself and how you feel about the world is being shaped by people that don't know you and you don't know them. In fact, what you think you know about them is not reality. Come on, y'all hearing me. They call them TV shows reality TV. They ain't no reality to any of them. They're all staged. None of them are real. I know, I've known people that's been on those shows. I'm talking about home uh, remodeling shows and different kinds of things. And they'll tell you some of it happened, but most of it is scripted. You are Everything that is in front of you right now is scripted. Am I preaching right? You're being led away. The church is drifting away. You have accepted, not you, but watching online and maybe even some in here, hopefully not, have accepted the term that the church was deemed non-essential. While... The grocery store was deemed essential. I understand why it was deemed essential. People have to eat. People sure enough don't know how to grow their own food nowadays, myself included. And there ain't a whole lot of folks going out in the woods and killing them, killing the meat and coming home and skinning it and cooking it over a fire. Some of you might be, but most people would probably die if that's what you had to do. Are y'all hearing me? So the grocery store had to be open. The gas station had to be open. But isn't it funny that the package store still stayed open? Isn't it funny that in every state of America during the lockdown, package stores and liquor stores were deemed essential. While churches were deemed non-essential. The reason they deemed them essential and this ain't no debate on alcohol. It's just because the people usually that frequent the package stores, they were afraid that if they did not get their spirit, if they did not get their spirit, there's no telling what that might, they might do. Huh? So they didn't want them to go crazy not getting their spirit. I've always thought it's ironic that they're unashamedly got on the door spirits. Well, how about this? How about we believe God for a church that deems the church essential? 
Because if the door shuts and we can't drink the new wine, I don't know what I'll be able to do. I don't know what I might, might do. I don't know what might happen to me if I can't eat the bread. I don't know what might happen to me if I can't eat the steak. I don't know what might happen to me if I can't take the communion. I don't know what might happen to me if I don't belly up to the Holy Ghost bar and drink the new wine. I tell you, I don't know what might happen to me because I need my spirit. I need my spirit. Are y'all hearing me? supposed to be teaching not preaching you better hold on you better lock yourself down you don't talk about a lockdown you better lock yourself down to the horns of the altar you better lock yourself down to to on your falling on your knee ain't nothing more beautiful than to see that altar field like we just saw i'm talking about from one side to the next people on their face nobody laying hands on them nobody putting on a show just man and woman and teenager on their knees before their God. I'm telling you, that's what this world needs. This, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This world needs a return to the altar. We've definitely drifted away. We've drifted away from so many things. We've drifted away from family, the importance of family. We've drifted away from the definition of family. We've drifted away from the importance of marriage. Young people now are saying, why should I get married? It's just a piece of paper. They've drifted away from it. They've drifted away from the definition of marriage. I never dreamed I'd say this. They've drifted away from gender. Which, by the way, let me just let me explain something to you. Do you know that the word gender did not even exist until like the late 50s? It's not a, it's not a thing. Gender's not a thing. It's, gender was a word that was created that could be manipulated. Even back then, that's the long game. When you are born, you're not born a gender. You are born a sex. This microphone still working? Am I still on Facebook Live? Am I still good? I didn't get kicked off. It's coming. Y'all still with me? I'm getting a little drunk up here. Verse 2, for if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast. See, Acts 7.53 says, You have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. Galatians 3.19 says, What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgression to the seed, capital S, should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. In other words, in the Old Testament, angels came and were the messengers of God. And he goes on to say, If the word spoken through those angels proved steadfast, how in the world do you honor the word that was spoken? He's speaking to the Hebrew people in this book. To the Hebrew people. He said, how do you honor the word that was spoken through angels in the Old Testament speaking forward to the Messiah, but yet you don't want to receive the words that came out of the Messiah's mouth? Are you hearing me? Verse 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? Let me, let me back up and say this. What happened to the days of great salvation? What happened to the days when people got excited about people getting saved? 
We have a great salvation. Nowadays, and I'm going to tell you something, I mean this with respect. Nowadays, salvation is just, just something that, that's the ticket to get you the other things that God promised you. Let me tell you something. We need to get back to the days when we believe the power of soul winning. Back to the power of feeling led by the Lord to lead somebody to sinner's prayer. That, that, that you was just, you know, I, I love my wife, man. I'm going to tell you, I, I, we, were, we, were, we were buying a, some furniture from somebody this week off Facebook Marketplace. And she getting ready to, this lady was getting ready to go, was it Sweden? I can't remember. What? Norway. She's she born in Norway. She's getting ready to go back to Norway. Got a little little kid holding a brand new baby. There by herself. Getting ready to move back to Norway with her husband. And so we loaded up that furniture on the trailer. I was dripping sweat. All this humidity and everything. She was dripping sweat. And she said, before we go, I just feel like, can we pray for you? Oh, she's like, oh yes, yes. She put her head. I'm going to tell you, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You can just feel the Holy Ghost just come in that room. Pray for this young mother who's who's living in a country that's not her country, about to go travel, pick up everything, her and her husband, and move back to a nation. But God sent somebody at a moment to pray for them, to bless them, to encourage them, and to speak into their life. Never believe that there is anything happening by accident. God has you where he has you, and he needs you to value this great salvation. And he needs you to begin to see people as souls again instead of just people who are have a different skin color or speak another language or might not be a part of your political party or line up with you politically. No, I'm telling you, Republicans have a soul. Democrats have a soul. My God, atheists have a soul. Are y'all hearing me? And everybody that's breathing is going to go to heaven or they're going to go to hell. And the only thing that's standing between them and heaven and hell is somebody obeying God and sharing the, such a great salvation. Woo, I thought I'd get a better clap than that. How can we, it's not just that we don't even value it anymore. He says, that we have neglected. We have neglected churches. Man, help me say this right way. They are now being driven. I'm, and I hate to say it, it's more so in Pentecostal and charismatic churches than any church. They're moved by manifestations and by uh, the, um, the moving of the Spirit, the supernatural. Is what I'm trying to say. You, what's the old saying we used to say? Uh, you're searching for the spe- in your search for the spectacular, you have missed the supernatural. Are you hearing me? We are we are looking for the spectacular, falling out, slobbering on each other, rolling in the floor. Are y'all hearing me? I used to say it this way: flopping around like fish out of his fishbowl, like a guppy dying. I'm all about that, man. I've been that fish flopping before. I've, I've rolled all over the place. I've been so drunk they had to pick me up and carry me to the truck. I'm, I'm a Holy Ghost helicopter from way back. I'm a Holy Ghost sprinter from way back. It's the only time you ever find me sprinting is when I'm in the Holy Ghost. But what I'm trying to say is this. We've forgotten leading people to Christ. We've forgotten We thank God for all those things. We thank God for people getting saved, delivered, and healed. But we've forgotten that our ultimate thing should be to promote such a great salvation. In our efforts for the spectacular, we've missed the supernatural. There's no greater supernatural miracle of God than for somebody to be born in sin, 
to be uh, deserving to burn in hell, but because of Jesus, changed their eternity, and now they are saved. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you want to see a miracle? Then look at me. I'm a miracle. Somebody shout, I'm a miracle. Verse 4. Verse 4 talks about signs and wonders, confirmed with signs and wonders. Can I tell you something? God always wants us to flow in signs and wonders, but he wants them to follow us. The Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. We do not follow them, they follow us. Because when you follow signs and wonders, you put your faith in man. And when man falls, your faith falls with him. How many times does big time Holy Ghost preachers start out the right way, loving God, loving God, loving God, but do, do not have accountability, they do not have covering, they do not have anybody that can speak into their life and correct them, and then they, become, they get big, they begin full of themselves, and there's great manifestations in their meetings, they pack out coliseums, and there's thousands and thousands of people coming to see the man. They're not coming to see Jesus. I'm telling you right now, when you, the, some of them are, but a lot of them are coming to see the man. They want to brush up against the man. They want the man to blow on them. They want the man to throw the coat on him. You need a relationship with God if you don't get the coat thrown on you. Amen? If, somebody, if the preacher don't shake your hand, you, you need to be able to be okay. Huh? If he don't talk to you every Sunday... You need to be able to have a relationship with God. Say that. What'd you say? He's not your friend. I didn't say that. Fifi said that. He's not your friend. He's your pastor. If he wants to be your friend, he can be your friend. But you need to let him be your pastor. God, God never tells you that he'll send you to a friend. He says he'll send you to a pastor. A friend will look the other way when there's sin in your life. Well. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 says this. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. It's continuing in that theme. But one testified in a certain place saying, what is man... You are mindful of him. This is David quoting from the psalm. Or the son of man that you would take care of him. You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things, somebody shout all things, in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him. I love this part. He left nothing that is not put under him. Nothing. Do you know what nothing means in the, in the Hebrew? Nothing. You know what it means in the Greek? Nothing. He, nothing. Nothing is not under his feet. I need to tell you this. Be safe. Take precautions. Pray about the steps that you take. But COVID-19 is under his feet. Take care of yourself. Make your own decisions. I'm not coming against anything. But don't let anyone tell you that that thing somehow slipped through his toes. It's under his feet. 
under my feet. He's 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 under my feet. Satan is under my feet. I went down to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Yeah. Took back what he stole from me. Yeah. Took back what he stole from me. I went down to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I said, He's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. Come on, give the Lord a prayer. You know why Satan's under my feet? Because he's under Jesus' feet. And he said, whatever he got, I got. Amen. If you see these works, shall you do? And greater shall you do. If I go to my Father, if he's under Jesus' feet, he's under my feet. But now we do not see all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. You understand? He's made it very clear in chapters 1 and chapters 2 now that he's not an angel. He's greater than the angels. When he says a little lower than the angels, he means he made him to come out of the spirit realm and to dwell into the natural realm for the time in which he walked. Are we understanding? Say amen. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. We keep trying to wait on God to do something. When God has already done it all. Oh, I know those that wait upon the Lord shall renew his strength, shall mount up with wings as eagles, shall run and not grow weary, shall walk and not faint. I know that. But that don't mean you sit in the corner twiddling your thumbs waiting on God to do something else. That means trusting God. That means trusting him even when you don't see the evidence he's working. Are y'all hearing me? The truth is this. When he said it is finished, he didn't stutter. Huh? He didn't need no interpretation of it is finished. It is finished meant it is finished. In Larry's unauthorized version of the Bible, it is finished means it is finished. It's done, y'all. That should be my authorized, unauthorized version. It's done, y'all. Y'all... It's done. Look at your name and tell me, y'all. It's done. He don't need to do nothing else. I'm telling you right now, he said it is finished. And he didn't just finish it in the natural realm. He finished it in the spirit realm. Because he that was dead became alive again. My God, he walked out of that tomb. And the same power of the resurrection that was on him is on me right now. Is in this house right now. And it can be on you too. My God. Somebody say, if I don't see anything else. I want to see Jesus. We had one of the more powerful memorial services yesterday that I've been a part of in a very, very long time. Honoring one of our founding members of this church, Kathy Irie. And they said in the last week of her life, 
she began to speak out of her spirit while laying there and her body is shutting down, but her spirit man took over. Are y'all hearing me? Some folks would have walked in the room and thought, well, she's, she's just a little loopy right now. She's No, 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 that wasn't loopy. That was the spirit beginning to speak out. Because the Bible says when our bodies can no longer or sometimes cannot utter what needs to be said, our spirits are still very alive and very well that can speak for us on our behalf. You ever been in a situation where you were so distraught and so depressed and so crushed that you didn't know what to say, but your spirit could just start praying through you, okay? She laid there, and, the, and they said she began to open her eyes and look around the room and call the names of all seven of her children. And every time she would call their names, she would call their names followed by the same sentence. All you need is Jesus. Some of the last words they heard her say was their name. All you need is Jesus. See, I like what Hebrews said, but we see Jesus. We might not see everything under his feet, but we see Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we have to know that what he said, he didn't make up, he didn't pretend. He is who he said he was. He is who he is. And he said all power in heaven and earth, authority, excusia, authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He's got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Huh? I'm telling you right now, what kind of man don't even have keys to his own house? You scared to death of a devil that can't even unlock the gate of his own house. You will run your mouth about how big and bad your house is and all this. You want me to come see your house and you get home and your wife's locked you out and didn't give you a key? What kind of man are you standing outside? Well, I'll let you in my house when my wife gets home because she's got the key. I'm going to look at you and say, you ain't even got keys to your own house, man? Well, I, live, I get to live here, but I only get to go in when she brings the keys. Y'all scared to death of a devil that ain't even got keys to his own house. Jesus came out of the grave with the keys of death and hell and the grave. Wait a minute. We shot you down because you, well, you shot me down because he's got keys to hell. But wait a minute. He's also got keys to grave and to death, meaning we shouldn't fear hell and we shouldn't fear death and we shouldn't fear the grave come on somebody none of them's got a hold on us hallelujah to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord how beautiful the death of the saints of God are let me tell you let me tell you one day if the rapture don't take place before then one day your pastor won't be here anymore one day I'm going to live to be me and Delaney was talking about this morning we're going to live to be at least 120 both of us but I, that's what we're believing but because that's you know that's what they did in the Old Testament we, we had a better covenant based on better principles so we're going to live to be at least 120 and, and whatever but when I breathe my last breath you better know this I don't know what kind of celebration service those that's left behind is going to have you better not have no funeral for me you better be shouting dancing speaking in tongues you better be waving flags and banners because I'm going to tell you something there might be a name on a tombstone they might put in the newspaper that I'm dead but don't believe what you read because I will not be dead I'm never going to die because who I am is not who you see who I am is a spirit and my spirit is eternal my God I feel the Holy Ghost my spirit man is eternal I'm going to live forever 
I'm going to live forever. You're going to live forever. You're either going up and living forever or you're going down and living forever. I want to press the up button on the elevator. I'm going up. He's prepared a place for me. If it were not so, he would have told me. I'm just teaching. Just teaching. Hebrews chapter, 10, chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to hurry. For it was fitting for him, for whom all things, and by whom are all things, in bring all of this, many sons to glory. Sons and daughters. That word sons means family members. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who, oh my God, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't going to be able to handle what Hebrews is about to say. It's going it's to mess y'all up. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. Let me help y'all if y'all don't understand that. He who sanctifies ain't your pastor. I can't sanctify you. Sanctify means to make something unholy holy. To turn you into a sanctuary. That I can't do that. Mm. So we know it's Jesus. Somebody shout, but we see Jesus. Now watch this. He who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified. How many know sanctification is not just a one-time thing? It's a lifestyle. Oh, y'all don't want me to say the H word. It's called holiness. Y'all know, y'all, some of y'all think that's cussing in modern church. Holiness. Without such you shall not see God. I can tell I'm hitting home with somebody. Now watch this. For which reason he is not ashamed, this is my closing point, to call them who? Those who are who are sanctifying us, brethren. Do you understand Jesus? is everything. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is God. We've already established that in chapter 1. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the King of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. Jesus is the creator. He said all things were created by him and nothing was created that was not created by him. Ain't that what the word of God says? All things were put up under his feet. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the word of God that was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is our king. He he said if you've seen the father, you've seen me. So it's not wrong. You're not going to get struck by lightning if you call Jesus your father because we serve one God who exists father son and the Holy Spirit he is father he is son he is mother to the motherless and father to the fatherless he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother my God but you oh I feel the Holy Ghost but here he does something that'll blow your mind he calls himself our brother 
How can he be my God, my Father, my King, my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah, and also be my brother? Saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here, I, here am I and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through his death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, my God. And release those who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed he does not give aid, oh I like this, to angels. But he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Jesus, is, is Hebrews amazing? Therefore, in all these things, he has, in, he had to be made. He had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered. Being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Is that incredible? That our God chose to be made lower, a little lower than the angels, to come into our sin-cursed realm and become one of the brethren. Walk the earth like us, be tempted and fight every temptation that we fight and win every battle as a man, not as God. Say it is finished. And Hebrews said he did this for one reason. To come to the aid of the seed of Abraham. To come and bring aid to the believers. He does not bring aid to the angels. Oh, do you think it affected him and, and, and probably disappointed him? Uh, this, I hate to use those words because it may not be theologically correct. When a third of the angels fell, he didn't want to see Lucifer fall. He had put Lucifer in charge of praise and worship. And Lucifer fell. It took a third of the angels with him. But you don't see Jesus becoming an angel to bring aid to the angels. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. But he... he he, he became one of the seed of Abraham so that he could bring aid to the seed of Abraham. And I like that last line. This will be my last thing he says. For that in himself, he himself suffered and tempted. Because he suffered and he was tempted and he won. Therefore, he is the only one who is able to aid those that are tempted. In other words, when you're going through something, you got a God that's been through it. When you're hurting, you got a God that hurt. When you come on, when you're facing the devil, you got a God that faced the devil. He can relate. He is. The Lamb of God. Let me say something. Let me just finish right here. The bottom line is this. Jesus is all you need. And all you need is Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus is greater than any priest that was ever a priest before. He became the greatest priest. He became the greatest king, the greatest Lord, the greatest leader, the greatest shepherd. And here's where it becomes personal. The greatest friend and the greatest brother. Now, why would he call, be called brother? You remember the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, I'll go into this even deeper next week. Because next week, man, we're going to get some stuff. Romans chapter 8 is a famous chapter. I got that. You could preach a whole year on Romans chapter 8. But he says at one part, when nothing shall separate us from the love of God, he says, we are children of God. Therefore, we are heirs of God. Heirs. H-E-I-R-S. Like heirs to the throne. Right? Like we are inheritance. Heirs with God. And then that would have been enough. I mean, I'd, I'd have praised God and shouted if he just stopped and said, we are an heir of God and we have inherited the blessings of God. But then he says, but we are joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. Not just that Christ is our God and he's led us to be heir of his kingdom. He has made us to be joint heirs. Meaning... As in the natural, when the Word became flesh in what I inherited. Remember last week when I said, it is by inheritance that He obtained a name more excellent than all other names. It was through the body and the death that the name of Jesus became so powerful. And as I said last week, I'm going to say it again. It's not just that the name Jesus is powerful. You can be named Jesus. You can have a kid named Jesus. You can work with somebody named Jesus. You can holler and tell Jesus to come for lunch. Hey, Jesus, time for lunch. That don't mean you're going to fall out in the Holy Ghost every time you ask somebody to come to eat lunch with his name Jesus. The name itself only has the power when it's spoken out of the spirit man in agreement with who Jesus was and is. And when you begin to see that, you begin to realize what he said when he talked to the disciples and he said things like this. Hey, hey, look, before we go anywhere, I got, I got to talk to you about something. I got to tell you something. Everything that you're amazed that you saw today. Every single thing you see, you saw me do today, everything you're also going to do. And greater you're going to do when I go to my Father. In other words, when I sit down to the right hand of God and send the power of the Holy Spirit, I am grafting you in not only into the vine, but I'm grafting you into me. You are family. You are a co-heir. What I have, not, not God. We can't ever be gods. I'm not talking about being gods. But the power that came through Jesus and on Jesus because of what he did here on this earth he didn't just take to heaven and hold to hold up to his chest on the throne no he's made everything that the man Christ Jesus obtained through what he suffered available to us we are joint heirs with Christ people don't know how to handle this and I don't look at him as and I never call him this but I'm thankful that he gave us this revelation to help us understand our connection with him. I don't ever, you know, I'm not condemning you, but I don't, if you do this, but I, I don't pray, you know, I won't talk to you big brother. I don't want to belittle him into thinking he's my big brother. He's not my big brother in that sense. I'm not equal with him in any way like that. He's my God. He's God. He's eternal. But I'm thankful that he elaborated and helped us through the, through the, 
creation of something called family and brothers and sisters and husbands and wives and fathers to teach us the principles of our relationship with him. So he says, you know, you're technically really not my brother. I don't have a brother. I'm God. But I call you brother because I walked in the same flesh you walked in and suffered the things that you suffered. Therefore, you can relate to me as if you would a brother. Is that powerful? Come on, give the Lord a praise right now for the word of God. Hallelujah.